Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well-beloved spouse. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together, all you who love her. Rejoice, and be filled with the abundance of delights. This is our introit, our entrance antiphon, on this Sunday, which is Laetare Sunday. Laetare, the first word of the introit, which is the imperative, rejoice. And this Sunday marks the halfway point in this season of Lent. Well, what are the delights which the prophet speaks about uh, that we are to find rejoicing in? Well, the answer is found in today's gospel. Basically, it's Jesus. He is the bread of life. And the Mass today presents a sense of joy on the one hand of having reached the middle of Lent, this season of prayer, of fasting, of almsgiving. We rejoice because we know that Easter will be here soon. This time of prayer and penance will be coming to an end and then we will rejoice with the risen Lord, with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Apostles in the upper room. And this time of penance and self-denial will be over, and the risen Jesus, the bread of life, is really the cause of our joy. In our epistle today from St. Paul, we see that he contrasts, on the one hand, the law of Moses with, on the other hand, the new law of Jesus Christ. And he sees this as a difference between slavery, represented by Mount Sinai, and the law, which really enslaved people because they did not have the grace, really, that they needed to fulfill all the commandments of that law. And Hagar represents Mount Sinai, the Mosaic law, and Sarah stands for the New Jerusalem in heaven, which St. John so beautifully, des beautifully describes in chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse. And this is really the church, the bride of Christ and the mother of many children. And we know that the church thrives in spite of persecution. I'm sure that the blood of these martyrs that is being shed in the Middle East uh, will be the seed of a great faith. God always brings good out of evil. Well, our gospel today recalls the beautiful story of the miraculous feeding of 5,000 men with only five barley loaves and two fish. And the evangelists must have thought this, this event, we'd call it, okay, with Christ, so important because each of them has it in the four Gospels. And it demonstrates the divine power of Jesus. St. John tells us that it is a sign. And what is it a sign of? Well, it is a sign of his divinity that Jesus is the promised Messiah, and this miracle 
as Jesus even says, he goes on to say in his, his discourse, which follows the next day after the feeding of these thousands, um, it is a sign of God feeding the Israelites for 40 years in the desert on manna. Because God is infinite in power, he can create things out of nothing. Now, we don't believe the, the, the biblical so-called scholars who say that, uh, oh, there, there's some natural explanation for this manna that appeared in the desert. No, 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 no. Uh, that manna fed even hundreds of thousands of people by the end of the 40 years. This was truly a miracle. God can create things out of nothing. He's, properly speaking, the only one who can create in that sense. And also, being infinite in power, Jesus was able to, when he did, change water into wine at Cana, and he's also able to and does change the bread and wine at every Mass into his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Well, the miracle of the loaves and fishes foreshadows the Holy Eucharist, and it foreshadows Holy Thursday when Jesus will institute the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, the Blessed Sacrament, under the appearances of bread and wine. And you could say there's an implicit argument that, that runs in this way. If Jesus can multiply bread to eat, like he did in this miracle of feeding the thousands, well, he can also change ordinary bread and wine into his body and blood change the substance of one thing into another while leaving the appearances of the bread and wine remaining. This is the miracle of the Eucharist. And this happens during every holy sacrifice of the Mass. We have to remember that the Mass and, and the Eucharist is the very heart and soul of Catholicism. The Fathers of the Second Vatican Council said the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our lives as faithful Catholics. And without the Mass, there is no Catholic Church. Without the Mass, there is no hierarchy, no priests, no sacraments. Bishops and priests are ministers of the Word and Sacraments, and the Catholic Churches, the particular churches, are built in such a way that the main focus of, of our worship is the sacrifice of the Mass, the altar on which that sacrifice takes place. And the Mass is a sacrifice. It represents, I think that's the best word, or presents again in an unbloody, non-physical, sacramental manner, the unique sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary. There's only one sacrifice of Jesus, and on Calvary, he merited the grace for our salvation. But that one sacrifice is represented, presented again at every holy sacrifice of the Mass. How? By the power of his divine word, which can create things out of nothing. And at the sacrifice of the Mass, Jesus changes the bread and wine into his body and blood. The primary purpose of the Mass we must not forget, is to give glory to God. Another purpose is to 
bring salvation to men through communion with Christ. And not only a spiritual communion, but an actual communion with his body and blood. And Jesus makes no mistake. He's very clear. He tells us that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh, drinks my blood, has eternal life. I will raise him on the last day. One result of the Mass, an ongoing effect of the miracle of the Eucharist, which is confected at the consecration, is Christ's real presence, his real substantial presence among us. I like to use substantial presence, not just real presence, because sometimes people say, well, isn't Jesus really present where two or three are gathered in his name? Well, yes, he is, but he's not substantially present. He's not present in the substance of his body and blood. Only in the Eucharist is he present in the substance of his body and blood. And he's here in the tabernacle now. He will be made present on our altar in a few minutes. And we are able, because of his continued presence among us in the Blessed Sacrament, to visit him, to worship him, to adore him as we were doing before the Mass began, his Eucharistic adoration. There will be benediction following Mass today where we will worship and adore Jesus, his real, true, substantial presence in the Blessed Sacrament. During this season of Lent, we should try, we should strive to receive our Lord and Holy Communion more often. Go to daily Mass, it's possible. There are Masses all over Kenosha here at different times. And during those times when we cannot receive our Lord in Holy Communion, uh, we can make a spiritual communion, a beautiful practice. Um, we can desire, really, that's what a spiritual communion is, to receive the body and blood of our Lord, even though we cannot do so um, in, in the Eucharist. And I do this many times throughout the day, it is said that St. Francis de Sales, the, the gentle doctor as he is called, uh, made a spiritual communion every 15 minutes. We always wanted to be in spiritual union with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, the, the Israelites in the desert lived on manna for 40 years, and we live spiritually through the reception of the body and blood of Jesus in the Eucharist. That's why he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. That life of God we receive at baptism is, is nourished by Christ himself in the Eucharist, the living bread from heaven. Today, on this Laetare Sunday, we have hope. We're looking forward to the resurrection of Jesus with this Lenten season half over, and we rejoice because we know we have been freed from sin by Christ, and that we are moving toward that heavenly Jerusalem that our Lord promises us to share in, that, that mystical body fulfilled in, in Jesus, if we, and only if we receive his body and blood in the most blessed sacrament. Let us unite ourselves today with our minds and hearts, asking Our Lady, who is our model here while she was on earth, of making 
worthy of Holy Communion, so that we may enter more deeply into that union with Christ, the closest union we have with our Savior this side of heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.